This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. I know we've been spending a lot of time talking a lot of college hoops. Time to talk some NBA. That's right. Eric Moody joins us now. You see him all over ESPN. He's one of uh, my coworkers um, at, uh, at, of course, Daily Wager, a.k.a. Chalk. Uh, that's what ESPN... Don't you find that weird, Eric, that that's what ESPN calls gambling is chalk? I guess because, right, like, you know, and, and uh, oh, and how appropriate, like, this is the year that not everybody does, went chalk with their brackets, but I guess that's where it, it comes from, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. I was kind of wondering the same thing. I was like, chalk, that's a that's an interesting name <laughs> to like, kind of why? call what we do why on the betting side. Chalk? I'm going to go with it, right? You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, man, let's just like, I'll go with the flow, whatever. I'm just thrilled that ESPN is like embracing gambling. Um, all right, let's dive into it. Before we look big picture, uh, let's let's take a look at some of the Friday games and 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 what's on tap uh in regard to that friday slate and first and foremost let's talk about the 76ers going up against the hornets uh the 76ers they're favored by 10 you're laying double digits the over under is 222 but you actually have a player prop in this game that you like more so than a spread or a total yes that is that is right so i i do do love Joel Embiid in this game. So the line's at 46.5 points plus rebounds. So very favorable matchup. You look at the Hornets. They've been eviscerated by opposing centers all season. They give up the fourth most points per game and the most rebounds per game to the position. Look at Embiid. I'm like, he's averaged 33.5 points and 10.2 rebounds per game this season. I'm like, he should easily exceed those per game averages in this matchup. Even if it's a blowout, I think he'll get enough run to surpass uh, that line. So I would go the over there. You know, you mentioned Embiid. There's a conversation we had on Daily Wager earlier this week, and Doug Kazarian feels that Embiid right now, you can get some really good odds on him winning the MVP because Denver has lost a few games. Uh, Do you agree with that? Actually, I do. Yeah, I was looking into some of the odds uh, on the MVP race uh, earlier this week. And I I agree with Doug because Embiid's a really nice value right now. And you may have some voters that have, like, fatigue, you know, with, uh, you know, with the Joker, you know, with all the uh, hardware that he's he's winning to add to his offense. Mm -hmm. Like, they may want to have a different player win that MVP award this year and Embiid. And so I could see that happening. So I, I would agree with Doug there. Uh, the Wizards are going up against the uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, tomorrow as well. Cleveland is favored by six. The over-under is 220. Uh, two, two, um, but again, uh, as opposed to a side or a total, uh, you're on a player prop here. What is it? Yeah, so I really like Bradley Beal in this game. So the line for points is at 23.5. I do like the over here. I'm going to kind of give you a little narrative here as to why. So you look at Beal. I'm like, he's averaged 23.4 points per game this season. Like, he surpassed 23.5 points in four of his last five games. So you look at Beal. Like, he's on the verge of becoming the Wizards' all-time leading scorer. That record's currently held by Hall of Famer Elvin Hayes. Now, during the time when players move around frequently, you know, Beal, he's remained loyal to the Wizards. You know, they drafted him. 
you know, many years ago. And I think he'll want to finish this season strong in order to break that record. And the beauty of it is with the remaining games this season, if he just averages, you know, 23 and a half points, I'm like, he's going to surpass that number before the end of the regular season. So I really like him in this matchup to surpass 23 and a half points on Friday night. I like it. I like that analysis. Uh, you got Boston, the Celtics, going up against the Trailblazers. Boston is favored by five. What side are you on here for tomorrow? You know, I do like the Celtics because, yeah, that, that was a tough loss that they had <laughs> to, the, to the Rockets. And um, every win's important, right, you know, for the Celtics team. Like, they've been passed by the Bucks at the top uh, of the Eastern Conference. I'm like, you look at the Celtics and rank fourth in points scored for 100 possessions. They're 26-14-2 and 14 and two against the spread this season. If you dive deeper, like the Celtics are 36-3 and three overall when scoring more than 116 points. Now, the reason that I'm saying this is that the Trailblazers are not a strong team defensively. You look at Portland. Like they rank 27th in points allowed per 100 possessions. And the Celtics mm-hmm. are a stout defensive team. You know, they rank fourth in points allowed per 100 possessions. So you look at that dynamic on both sides of this matchup, and I think the Celtics are in a great spot here and should cover. I think it's really important for them to get this win, just given their circumstances in the Eastern Conference. So I love them in this matchup. Uh, let's look at what's going on with uh, the Pelicans. Uh, they're taking on the Houston Rockets. Uh, the Pelicans on the road, favored by six. The over-under is 231. But yet again, there's a trend here. <laughs> You're on a player prop. What is it? <laughs> yeah, I, I I love I love player props. Whenever I do my analysis, I always kind of look at the individual matchups and then I uh, you yep. know, kind of look at the spreads and overs. But anyway, I, I like Herbert Jones here. So the, the line really caught my eye. I'm kind of drawn to it like a moth to the flame, uh, Anita. It's like 17 and a half points plus assists plus rebounds uh, for Herbert Jones and. Like, over the last six games, I'm like, Jones has averaged 12.3 points, four assists, and 5.5 rebounds. I'm like, he's entrenched as a starter. you got a Pelicans team that's obviously struggling right now. And Jones, when I look at the matchup, I'm like, he's got a great one against this Rockets team on Friday. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. You look at Houston. They rank 29th in points allowed per 100 possessions. And one thing with the Rockets, they allow opponents an effective field goal percentage of 56.4% the fourth highest in the league. So I really like Jones in this matchup to surpass that line. And so I would bet the over there. Uh, Before we move on, the line is not out yet in regard to the Dallas Mavericks uh, Lakers game, but that's taking place tomorrow night at, at, uh, at 7 30 PM. So, you know, Anthony Davis, he's averaging 26 points, 12 rebounds, three assists a game. He has stepped up big time uh, with uh, LeBron James being inactive. I could say not attractive, but uh, that might rub people the wrong way. Uh, Your thoughts on this Lakers game against the Mavericks. Obviously, they're playing for a lot. They're trying to get into that top six spot, right? Yep. Yeah, it's a lot uh, to, to kind of factor into this matchup. Again, with how competitive the Western Conference is. And, you know, with the Lakers, like you said, hey, no LeBron James, you know, they're trying to make it happen. But whenever the Lions do come out, I'm like, I do like the Lakers here to, uh, you know, to cover the spread. I'm just kind of looking like at Dallas and L.A. Um, up to this point. I'm like, Dallas, you know, they're 4-9 against the spread in their last 13 games. Look at the Lakers. They're 8-4, and four, you know, against the spread in their last 12 games. And one thing about the Mavericks, just kind of looking at Dallas going up against other teams in the Western Conference, they have really struggled over the last 11 games, 3-8 and eight against the spread. Now, Jason Kidd, you know, with the 
media, is, is Luka going to play? Is Kyrie Irving going to play? I mean, he's sounding very cryptic right now, but he's giving us nothing. He, he's not letting us know whether they're going to play or not. But just given how competitive, again, the Western Conference is, even if Luka and Kyrie end up playing, I, I'm backing the Lakers here on their home floor because this game is mm-hmm. as important to the Lakers as it is to Dallas. And so I'm going to go with the home team here. Uh, staying in L.A., the Clippers play on Saturday. They're going up against the Orlando Magic, and uh, noon is is tip-off for them. Uh, but this is a Clippers team. They've won four straight, and, and not against cellar dwellers, right? Like the Grizzlies, no. the Knicks, the Warriors. Yeah. I, you know, I, I kind of, like, I'm getting the feeling like, all right, yeah, Russell Westbrook, it took a, it took a minute, uh, but but they have finally <laughs> found their way, in in my opinion. Um, your, your thoughts on this game against the Magic? No, I'm with you. I, I like what the Clippers are, are selling. I like the moves that they made, you know, at the trade deadline. And, like, this is a team that's obviously trending up at the right time. While the Magic, you know, they have, they've kind of prided themselves on their defense. But they've been struggling lately. I'm like, they've allowed more than 130 points in three of their last four games. So, in this matchup, I, I do like the over here between these two teams. Like the over is five and zero in the Magic's last five games, and one thing about the uh, about the Magic when they go up against opponents in the Western Conference, the total has gone over in six of Orlando's last eight games against a Western Conference opponent. And you know we talked about the Clippers. You got Kawhi Leonard. I'm like this offensive attack is humming right now. He's playing at a you know at a All Star level. Uh, you've got Paul George. He's playing well. You got Russell Westbrook. You got the rest of that supporting cast that they have. And I just see this being a very high-scoring game. So my initial thought when breaking this one down, I like the over in this matchup. Uh, really quick, before I let you go, let's, let's look big picture here in regard to mm-hmm. uh, where, where the standings are, right? So in the East, the Bucks are there. They've got a two-and-a-half game lead on Boston. The 76ers, the Cavs, the Knicks. Um, you know, I, 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 the Knicks are two-and-a-half games back from the Cavs. Interesting to see if they could surpass them and, and get that fourth seed where they'll be hosting uh, that that first round uh, tournament with them. Obviously, when, once we get into the postseason, then you've got the Nets, the Heat, the Hawks, Toronto, uh, Washington, the Bulls. Very, very competitive here. Yes. What, what's what's right now and looking at the East, what's your biggest takeaway right now that, that you're interested to see what plays out in the next few weeks? Yeah, I, what I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it just as a, um, you know, as an NBA fan analyst, you know, uh, from as a sports betting, you know, from that perspective is that I'm just kind of looking at those top teams. Obviously the Bucks, you know, they're first in the conference, but I'm really intrigued by, you know, the 76ers and also with the Celtics, given kind of how they've kind of taken a step back because I look at the 76ers, if I'm looking at the futures market, you know, I think they're a really nice value right now. And I think in the Eastern Conference, you mentioned a lot of those teams. It's imperative, I would say, to stay out of third place. That 3-6 matchup will be difficult. I wouldn't want to face the Nets with how they're playing right now. You mentioned the Knicks. You know, we've talked about the Knicks before. I like the Knicks. I wouldn't even want to face, like, the Heat, you know, depending on how those dominoes fall. So I just think the easier path to win the East would be as the number two seed. And so that is the dynamic and matchup that I'm watching very closely as we get to the end of the season here. And it's an easier, you know, first-round matchup, you know, and that team gets home court advantage in the second round. So I really like the odds on the 76ers right now to win the Eastern Conference. I'd bet on them right now. 
But to answer your question, though, I'm definitely intrigued by that dynamic on who comes out as the um, as the second seed in the East. Last but not least, uh, looking at the West, Denver four and a half lead game lead to the Kings. Of course, you got Memphis, the Suns. They've lost three. They trade away all their good defensive players for KD, yeah. and of course, he's he's been he's been on the shelf because of his injury. Uh, we just talked about the Clippers, how they've won four straight, not bad. Golden State's finally made it into the top six. Then you've got Minnesota, Dallas, OKC, and the Lakers. Um, you know, again, what's your biggest storyline here for the next two weeks that you're going to be keeping an eye on in the West? Yeah, it's uh, it's so many, you know, so many narratives and teams to kind of watch. But for me, it, it really comes down to, you know, Sacramento, so the Kings, and also with the Suns, you know, in their um, uh, division that they're in, the uh, Pacific Division. My lost my train of thought there for a second. And so I really want to, I want to see how that dynamic between these two teams, uh, once we get to the finish line, because you mentioned about Kevin Durant. Not having Kevin Durant there is – it's huge for a couple of reasons. For one, you know, rapport and continuity is important. You want to build as much momentum as you can before you get to the playoffs. He's obviously not there to gel with that team. I know he'll be back when the playoffs start, but I think they're missing, you know, valuable opportunity to kind of gel like as a team. And the Kings, you know, with the way they're playing, they they are not backing down. This is not the this is not the Sacramento Kings teams that we've seen in the past. And so you know, seeing how that dynamic falls between the second, third, and fourth seed, that's what I'm really intrigued by. Because you got the Kings, you got the Grizzlies, and you got the Suns. And so whoever lands in those slots will be very uh, intriguing to me. Great stuff as always, Eric. Really do appreciate you. Eric Moody joining us here on ESPN. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, no, you're welcome. Until next time. You got it. Uh, a lot a lot to digest, giving you some plays heading into Friday's slate and a bigger picture in regards to how this uh, postseason is going to play out with Eric Moody from ESPN. Anita Marks with you. You're listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN, made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. It is Bet L.A. If you laid the points with UCLA, winner, winner, chicken dinner, go out, buy yourself a new pair of shoes. <laughs> um, UCLA won 86-53. to 53. We're sitting here. We opened up the show. David Woods joined us, uh, Bruin reporter, uh, and uh, in the Pac-12 podcast, and I was just like, man, I don't like laying all those points. Should I? What, what would you do? What would you tell your friends? And he's just like, lay it, lay it. Hopefully you guys listen to him uh, because uh, UCLA, boy, did they look good. Uh, all things considered, they're going up against a 15 in UNC Asheville, but nonetheless, uh, you had Houston who had to sweat it out. They beat Northern Kentucky but only by a few, 63 to 52. And the, and the the score doesn't, at one point in time, Northern Kentucky was up, if I remember. So uh, so crazy, crazy stuff happened today. That's for sure. So uh, let's take a look at the bracket. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the only one between the three of us who put a bracket out. 
I've got like one, I have one, I play in, I'm playing in five pools and I want to say three, six, nine, ten. I have 15 brackets. You guys, you, between you're the two animal. of you, you don't, there's, you're an between animal. Between the two of, it's not the point. The point is between the two of you, you don't have one. It's true. <laughs> I know it's true. It's crazy. Anyway, all right. So, uh, so in the South, Alabama advances, uh, and now the uh, the round of thirty-two. They're going to be taking on Maryland. I had West Virginia there, but who gives? Who cares about my bracket? Uh, but so it's going to be Alabama and Maryland. Uh, San Diego State was able to get the deal done against Charleston. A lot of people felt Charleston was going to win. Uh, that was a close game. It was a good one to watch. Uh, but uh, winner, winner chicken dinner for san diego state um Furman, big upset against virginia at least a lot of people think so a number of if, if you listen to a lot of analysts especially on daily wager um <laughs> dallin cuff uh tyler fulgham uh, they they liked Furman, and so that was a close one as well they won 68 to 67 just by one point so that was a good one but uh uva was eliminated so now San Diego State will take on Furman. That will be their next matchup. Uh, really, two teams, very surprising. I had Utah State beating Missouri, um, and I don't. I think very few people probably had Princeton upsetting Arizona, but Princeton beat Arizona 59-55 to today. So now that is the next round matchup. Missouri going up against Princeton. Very interesting. You know what you know what this does guys again I really like Creighton this even this makes that road for Creighton in my opinion even even better I think a lot of people didn't think Creighton would get past Arizona a lot of people had Arizona and Alabama in that elite 8 now I'm feeling even more confident that it's going to be Creighton and who knows maybe Creighton can pull the upset against Alabama We'll see. We'll see. Uh, in the East, uh, the only games that took place there, Duke defeated Oral Roberts. A lot of people felt that Oral Roberts w- was was going to be able to uh, stay stay lock and step. They didn't. And then Tennessee, Houston and Auburn. Penn State took care of Texas A&M. Texas advanced over Colgate, Kansas, and Arkansas. So that's where we stand. Uh, when we get back, uh, we're going to do a deeper dive into... The XFL people. We've got a game going on right now. We've got three coming up this weekend. That next here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Ben LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. So I have some really great news, and I have some disappointing news. What do you want to hear first? Give me the great news. The great news is the Orlando Magic covered. Um, I told you to take them with the points uh, when we started the show at plus 7.5, plus 8.5. It was kind of fluctuating. It was bouncing around. Um, and... Um, and uh, they're uh, they're losing by one. There's like eight seconds left in the fourth. It's 114-113, the Magic. 
So, um, so chances are the game ends any time in the next eight seconds. Chances are that is going to cover. Um, where I went wrong, uh, the Houston Roughnecks are losing to the Seattle Dragons right now, uh, zero to fifteen. The Roughnecks, the number one team. Uh, in um, in the XFL, Wade Phillips is the head coach. Their defense is spectacular. Uh, the Seattle Sea Dragons, they're 2-2 two and two on the season. Um, they do have Josh Gordon as their wide receiver. So, uh, unfortunately, um, and, and the line there was four. So, uh, we'll see how this plays out. We still have a, an, another quarter left in this matchup. Um, Without further ado, uh, Greg McRoy who was so gracious to join me on my bet show, again, digital show that airs Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on ESPN Plus, previewing week five of the XFL. Let's listen in. Let's talk about some of the XFL week five games that are going to be on top. So we've got Greg joining us. Greg, always great to have you on bet. I'm really big into the XFL. I'm excited that we're heading into week five and we've got some interesting matchups. So let's start first and foremost uh, on Thursday night, late night on Thursday night, you've got Houston going up against Seattle. Houston favored by three. The over under here is 41 and a half. How are you playing this matchup? Well, I, I think you look at this and you look at the fact that Houston scored 44 last week by themselves. They're going up against Seattle, the number one passing attack in the XFL. You got to take the over, right? Oh, no, 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 not me. I'm taking 41 and a half, and I'm taking the under. The reason why both teams run variations of the run and shoot slash air raid, meaning that Wade Phillips, who's the head coach of the Houston Roughnecks, he's going to be going up against an offense that he sees every single day in practice. You think he's not going to have some type of plan? These two teams are so eerily familiar with each other. The offensive coordinator at Seattle is June Jones. He was the head coach of the Houston Roughnecks the last time around. So there's a lot of familiarity here. And I just think that number just south of the football number of 42 makes me lean towards the under just a little bit. But man, it doesn't feel very comfortable to me. I got to be very honest with you there. Yeah, I'll tell you what does feel comfortable, Greg, and that is Houston. I'll lay the points with Houston again. They're just so good. Right? I mean, not only are they 4-0 this season, but if you go back pre-COVID when the league had to shut down, they're 9-0. They beat Orlando 44-16. Not a surprise there. I was laying, I want to say at kickoff, it was 9 against Orlando. I know it's a short work week. That might scare some folks, of course, them, of course, heading heading out and having to play on the road. But Seattle, not to take anything away from Danucci and Josh Gordon. And we've seen that offense develop and get better. In, in weeks, and in Ellison, of course, at the running back position, I just think Houston's too good. So I will lay the points. On Saturday, we've got a few games. One of my favorite teams, I love watching D.C. play. They're going up against St. Louis. In St. Louis, huge fan base, right? Like 30, what, 30, almost 40,000 fans there. Really unbelievable. D.C. is favored by two. The over-under here is at 41 and a half as well. What's your play? Well, this one, to me, reeks. Because you have the undefeated team, obviously, facing off against the most difficult home environment, right? Everyone watched 38,000 strong. It was one of the highest rated games of the weekend last weekend. So everybody watched St. Louis in their own dome. People going crazy, and Arlington really struggled against them. St. Louis had by far their most complete performance to date en route to what was a thorough beatdown of the Arlington Renegades. All that being said, I can't believe DC's favored. 
It's real. I, that's really. It's one of those like how is how is St. Louis not favored here? I'm shocked. Which means you got to take DC, right? You almost have to. They've been the most complete team in the XFL up to this point. I think. I know you love Houston. I like DC just a little bit better right now. But ultimately, I think it's purely because this line just smells really bad. I'm gonna hold my nose. I'm gonna lay the points with the road dog with the road favorite. <laughs> And just hope that the more complete team beats the team that's played much better in the fourth quarter of every game this year. Uh, listen, like I said earlier, you know, I, I like A.J. McCarron. I, I think he's the best quarterback in this league. I love the fan base. I love the excitement. But I'm with you. I'm laying the points with D.C. Um, because I, I just, this is a team, they're 4-0 on the season. They beat the Vipers last week, 32-18. to I love that. Here's the thing. I think very few of these teams, Greg, they have they, they don't have an identity yet. I feel DC does, right? Smash, smash mouth football, very balanced offense. Um, I, I love their dual quarterback play. I just, I, 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 they don't do anything exceptionally great, but they do a lot of things well. And uh, and so I'm I'm with you. Um, I think there's something stinky and smelly about this line. Uh, so I'm with you. I like DC. I'll lay the points. On Sunday we've got uh, San Antonio going up against uh, the, uh, the the Arlington Renegades. And um, and so this line right now, San Antonio is favored by two, and the over under just is 35 and a half. There we go. I could see my notes. Uh, so what is your what's your play in this matchup <laughs> on Saturday? Well, two offenses that have really struggled. San Antonio actually just recently reassigned their offensive coordinator, Jaime Elizondo. He's now not going to be calling plays anymore. They promoted him within. Jimmy Johnson now going to be the guy. But ultimately, this comes down to short fields. And if I have learned anything from watching Arlington up to this point, is that there's going to be turnovers forced, and there's also going to be forced turnovers. And I think they might be on both sides. So I love the over in this game of 35 and a half. I think it flies past that. It's the short field and all the Arlington games have been kind of close to the vest up to this point, but I just get the sense that this thing could get a little bit sideways. I'm also taking San Antonio and I'm going to lay the two points like St. Louis, like Seattle, like DC. San Antonio has had a very compelling home field environment. I think that will be a factor, especially if turnovers are as much a part of the game as I anticipate them being. So give me San Antonio with a revamped offensive core, forcing a few turnovers, forcing a couple short fields, and ultimately winning the game comfortably by a field goal or so. I'm with you, lockstep. Uh, I'm taking San Antonio. I'm going to lay the points as well. New offensive coordinator Jimmy Johnson can make some noise. I know they lost to Seattle 15-18, to 18, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a quarterback change coming here shortly. And more importantly, you know, to me, the Renegades, you know, it's hard. They lost to St. Louis last week. Now this will be their second straight road trip. So I'm with you. I'm on San Antonio. Uh, real quick, you've got the Vipers taking on the worst team in the XFL in Orlando, laying seven and a half. I'll lay it. You're scared, say you're scared. I'm not. Are you playing this one? Yeah, I, I am. I'm going to play it. I'd lay it. I, like, I, I've watched Orlando. I've seen them try everything. I, I don't like it. I, there's just, it, to me, that team is really struggling. Very little offensive identity. Defensively, they've struggled. They've gotten off to really slow starts. If they get off to a decent start and run the football, they might be able to hang in there. 
But I think that Vegas is still a team that has some juice. They completely shot themselves in the foot week one. They've had opportunities to move the football, just haven't been consistent enough. So I'm going to take Vegas. I'm going to lay the points. And until proven otherwise, you cannot take the Guardians. Not right now, you can't. Not saying they can't get things turned around, but the first half of the season, they're a very difficult team even to take north of a touchdown worth the points with. We're on the same side with all these games, Greg. I don't know if I should feel really good about this or, uh, or <laughs> a little little concerned. But we can't let you go without talking some college football, right? Last week, big trade that went down. Carolina traded up with the Bears, so now they have the number one overall pick. And with that move, C.J. Stroud now becomes the favorite to be the number one overall pick in this year's NFL draft, anticipating that he will go to Carolina. His odds now are minus 330 which means for folks listening, you've got to lay $330 down to win $100. Uh, do you do you agree with this move? Do you think he's the pick? I would not lay that price. I, mean, I just can't. I, I look at what C.J. Stroud was, and he played phenomenally well against Georgia in his final college game. And I think he you could make a strong case that he's probably the safest pick of the bunch. I, I think Bryce Young would obviously be in the mix for that. But I can't lay 330. I just can't uh, under any circumstance. And frankly, we've seen so many quarterbacks. It's all smoke screens at this point. We're still six week at, weeks out from draft time. Don't play it. Like Just wait a little bit longer, get a little bit more buzz. And we've seen guys like, for instance, Bay, Baker Mayfield just skyrocket late. You could get him in mid-March at like six or seven to one. And then sure enough, come draft day, he's minus 1,500. What happened? So I would just wait right now because to me, it just feels like there's a lot of smoke and I don't like smoke at this point of the draft process. All right, last but not least, the madness starts tomorrow, Greg. Uh, we got to get a pick for you in regard to March Madness. Who do you have winning this whole damn thing? I mean, is there anyone else that you can possibly pick besides Alabama? Come on, I mean, I got the helmet going. I'm, I think Alabama's the best team though. I Look. I'm a Bama guy. That's understood. We get that. But it's seven to one. This team has continued. They have their first two games in Birmingham, Alabama. I know because I'll be there. Uh, I live in Birmingham. So uh, I look at, at just how this team is built. They defend the three extremely well. They have arguably the best player in the country in Brandon Miller. They have veteran leadership that comes off the bench in Javon Quinterly. And they have length inside in Charles Bediaco. They have a couple of guys that might get picked in the lottery beyond Brandon Miller. So I, I just think they're too deep. They can go eight or nine deep. And honestly, I'm just not sure there's many teams that can match that depth throughout the course of a six-game season. I think Houston is by far the toughest matchup. But at that point, if Houston's favored, you'll be able to get plus money again on the Tide, who beat them earlier in Houston in the regular season. So give me Bama. I'll take them at 7-1. to one. No, Greg, you're not going to like me very much. I've got Creighton coming out of that, that region. I've got Creighton coming out of the South to represent the Final Four. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Greg, I heard it so earlier. I like the price on Creighton, though. I will admit, I like the price on Creighton. So if we're looking at it exclusively through a betting window, the price on Creighton is tasty. I understand where you're coming from. I appreciate that, my friend. Enjoy the XFL games this week. Really do appreciate you joining us here. That's for sure. All right, so we've got some XFL, we've got some NFL, and of course we have some March Madness uh, from Greg, which is always awesome. Uh, always great, 
I love hosting that show on ESPN Plus. Again, it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If you could tune in, it's great. We so appreciate it. Uh, hang tight. We're not done with the show yet. We still have more XFL plays coming your way. Stormy Bonantani is going to be joining us. She's part of the broadcast team for ESPN when it comes to the XFL. And uh, she's she's front and center, man. She's right there on the field with one of the best games coming up in week five. Stay tuned for that next right here on 710 ESPN Radio. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. We like to call her Stormy XFL. <laughs> That's a name we've given you, Stormy. I hope you like it. I, I think it's got a ring to it, don't you think? I appreciate it. Yes, well done, well done. Uh, on the broadcast, we've been doing segments called Stormy Sportsbook, so keeping the alliteration as well. So we've got it on, on also. I, by the way, just side note, like, like I, I, is, is that your real, like, is that your birth name? Like your parents named you Stormy? Cause I'm, I might be a little jelly here. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, it's funny because it's so cliche. I feel like that my mom was between Stormy and Chloe and legitimately I was born during a rainstorm in Las Vegas. And my mom was like, Oh, it's meant to be. So from it being original to like actually hearing the story, I'm like, gosh, mom, come on, that's lame. You could have done better. <laughs> Stormy Bonantani joining us here on uh, on 710 ESPN LA like she has uh, the majority of uh, our shows since the XFL kicked off. But it's not just XFL for her. Uh, it's NHL. It's, it's a variety of things. And she does a phenomenal job. All right. So uh, as as we're speaking right now, the Roughnecks are taking on the Seattle Dragons. Uh, I laid the four with the with the Roughnecks. Uh, listen, the, to me, they're the best team in, in the XFL, right? Like Wade Phillips, this defense is just ridiculous. How, how did you play this game coming into tonight? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and I was on the sideline for Houston at Orlando last week when they won 44 to 16, had a 26 to 3 lead 16 minutes into the game. And that was without literally a single run play at that point, just utter dominance. So I did early in the week, and I, I was super fortunate to get a good number because I got ahead of it when I saw the line come out. I bet Houston minus two and a half. Um, and hopefully, hopefully they can just cover that. I'll be happy, but you know, Anita, they and the defenders four and straight up coming into this week, four and against the number. I'm just going to ride that wave, um, for as long as I can and see how it goes. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I talked about it on our, our bet show earlier this week and I would throw money down on, uh, the, uh, the roughnecks to win the championship. And right now you could still get that at plus money which I, I truly believe the next few weeks uh, they're, they're going to have their hands full uh, in regard to, you know, granted they've, they've played Orlando twice, um, but they've got some, some better competition coming up. And if they handle those games, like they have the kind of, with all due respect, the cellar dwellers in, in the league, um, I don't think you're, I, I, my point being is I just don't think you're going to get the best odds um, that you can right now in the coming weeks. Just my two cents. Uh, but we've got yeah, a number of games. I'm sorry, go ahead. Shorter, like, 
No, they're just going to get shorter and shorter, like you said. And I'm so jealous of anybody who preseason before odds makers even knew how good Houston would be, jumped on that seven to one, and they were like one of the longest shots in the league. Very, very envious of anyone who did that because that's looking like a tremendous bet from the preseason. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, Stormy, let, let's look ahead to uh, to Saturday and Sunday. Uh, first things first, to me, I, I feel like this is the game of the week, and that's the D.C. defenders uh, going to St. Louis. And uh, Little Birdie told me, maybe it was you, uh, that this is the game that you're going to be at. Um, really excited. The Battle Hawks. Uh, you know, getting a crowd of nearly 40,000 people, which is just ridiculous for an XFL game. God bless. Um, going up against a DC game, a DC team, they've got 12 sacks on the season. Greg Williams is their def- defensive coordinator. These two teams got into a, a, a little brawl, right? Uh, the last time they, uh, they, they met each other. So really, I'm really curious how you're, uh, how you're looking at this game and how you think this game is going to play out. This is going to be an entertaining one to watch. Oh, it absolutely is. I had the good fortune of being on the sideline for that first game and now getting to be on it for the rematch. So I was really excited when I got assigned this one, but um, it's going to be super interesting. You mentioned those 12 sacks. Four of them came from this DC defense against AJ McCarron. They also picked him off twice in that initial game, including a pick six from Michael Joseph Four total St. Louis turnovers in that game. They had a ton of self-inflicted wounds and they rebounded last week in a big way. Certainly their most complete game of the season um, in front of that home crowd, like you mentioned, which is a massive advantage. And it's funny because DC and St. Louis, probably the two best teams in terms of the venue actually mattering because, you know, all these teams are staying in the hub in Arlington like being home or away doesn't really matter for the majority of the teams in the XFL, but DC and St. Louis, it has a legitimate impact. Um, I just, I, I, I struggle with this game a little bit, Anita, because I find it really hard to believe that St. Louis is going to make that many mistakes again. Um, it's a tough thing. I, I, I obviously, since I'm on the call, I can't make a pick in the game. I feel like DC is the better team and I'm going to stand by that until they lose. Um, I think that they're legit. Three of the top five rushers in the league are on this DC team. The quarterback ability that they have to utilize the QB run game with those talented running backs and Abram Smith um, and, uh, and his number two, Rykel, are just, it's, they're really, really fun and exciting to watch. And I think that they have the advantage, but home field really does matter some like matter significantly with St. Louis. So I wonder how this is going to play out. I truly don't know. And I honestly like that getting to be a reporter on the game that I don't come into it kind of knowing what the outcome is going to be like last week. You know, you don't want to say certain things, but with Orlando and Houston last week, it's pretty obvious. The spread was significant. You have a gut feeling that Houston's going to dominate because they did week one, and then that's exactly what they do. In this game, it's a short spread, and I feel like it's legitimately a toss-up. Well, I'm not on the call, so I will share with you that I'm <laughs> I'm on the I'm on the DC side here. Uh, I'll lay the points with DC. Uh, there's a lot on the line here, right? In, in regard to as as we get closer to you know, obviously the the, the postseason in the in, in the XFL. This very well could be a preview of what we'll see in the playoffs. 
And, um, and, and again, I, I think it's going to be really chippy. So I, I just, I believe in, in this DC team. I, I just, they're smouth, smash, smash, mouth, get it out, Anita. Uh, football. It's like, I just feel like there's so many teams out there, Stormy, that are still looking for their, their identity. And I feel like DC's found it. Right. Um, and, and I think Greg Williams is a part of that. Uh, Tamalu going up against his former team. I, there's just so many really great storylines in this matchup. So, again, not sure what everybody's doing on Saturday. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be watching March Madness. But nonetheless, um, you know, I, I, I'm definitely going to have this uh, Defenders Battlehawks game on and looking forward to seeing you on the broadcast as well. Uh, another game on Saturday, the Guardians going up against the Vipers. Uh, both these teams undefeated. I feel the Vipers, even though they're 0-4, I think they're better than what their record indicates. Uh, you know, I know Bill Parcells would disagree with me. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, this Guardians team on the road, having to travel to Las Vegas, and, and, and we've seen, uh, you know, I, I think their record truly indicates uh, just how bad that team is. So um, you've, got, uh, you've got a Vegas team. They're, uh, they're laying seven and a half. And I know folks might be like, well, that sounds like a lot. Well, I just don't, considering that they're home. Um, also, the over-under is 42. How do you see this game playing out, Stormy? So it sounds like, based on your opinion there, that we're going to be on opposite sides of this one. I do agree with you that Vegas is better than they have shown. There's no doubt about that. Um, but you're just you're not going to find me laying seven points with an 0-4 team in the league's worst defense. Uh, let's say seven and a half points, rather. I just I can't get there personally. It's just very reminiscent for me like a couple weeks ago when Orlando played Arlington, and I told mm-hmm. you, like, for me, it was take the points or pass more on principle than anything else, especially in this league. Um, I believe, and I haven't seen this confirmed, um, but I believe Quentin Flowers is going to play this week, which could be a boost for Orlando bringing in some of that quarter back run which is something we saw Vegas struggle mightily with um, in their games against DC in general that Vegas defense has allowed the most yards by a mile per game in the XFL Um, I think half of that nearly has been allowed on the ground too and so if Orlando can get their ground game going control a little bit of the time of possession I think they keep this close and I just think seven and a half for me at least was too much and so I do I have that um the Orlando plus seven and a half and I even did a parlay with Orlando plus seven and a half and then Houston and San Antonio money line paired together it pays about plus 375 ish and that's a like I don't do a ton of parlays but I felt pretty good about that one I like it. I like how you're playing this. Um, last but not least, on Sunday, you've got the Renegades going up against the Brahmas. Um, in this game, of course, uh, you've got uh, San Antonio. They are favored by three. The over-under is 35 and a half. San Antonio, new offensive coordinator in Jimmy Johnson. Uh, does that change things? Potentially, you've got two of the, the, the worst passing offenses in the league. So now with a new offensive coordinator, does that will that give San Antonio the Brahmas a boost? Well, and so I like San Antonio regardless of the OC change. I actually worry a little bit when there's a new voice in there, which side you're going to get. Like, are you going to get the boost that comes from that? Or when there's a new voice in there, you're like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. So I was kind of on the fence about the change just for that initial first game. But this total tells us everything we need to know about this game, that both offenses are 
like they have been inept, um, both bottom of the league, like you mentioned, in in um, passing, like yards per pass attempt, even yards per carry. But I think San Antonio in general is just the better of the two. They have seven offensive touchdowns, for example, to Arlington's four. They're at least trying. They also gave Houston the biggest scare of the season and routed Orlando by 18 points. So I did um, lay the points with San Antonio in a bounce-back spot. They've been a good response team, I feel like, through four games, a short number, home favorite, some things just working in their favor. Um, I have them money line, like I said, in the parlay. And then just in general, fading Arlington has been profitable, two and two straight up, but 0 and 4 against the number to this point. So um, it's cool that we actually are getting to the point in the XFL, Anita, where we have trends that can support my theory. So I'm rolling with it. Yeah, I, and, and for folks listening, trends, it's its a really, really big part of our analysis. It's its its what we do. It's what we look at um, for, you know, a variety of reasons. And so, you know, this is, this is a league that got started pre-COVID, got shut down because of COVID, was shut down for about three years, and now, of, of course, is back in action. But different coaches, different, different players, different rosters. So uh, we're, we're just now kind of, and it's interesting, right? Stormy, I, I'm sure you were at, you've been asked the same thing as I have. And that is, well, how are you handicapping? Like what, like, what, like, what are you, what do you value? So when the league started for me, it was the head coaches and quarterback play. Like, yep. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. That's... And that's, when I talked to, when I talked to <laughs> makers too, and I asked them, it was very similar. Their answers, like, this is all we really have to go off of right now is head coaches, their mm-hmm. history, their scheme that we know of from these guys, um, and the skill players, specifically quarterbacks. And so that's how I started. And then kind of gradually each week to week, you've kind of placed more significance in certain areas, right? So coaching staff that um, like late in game situations, you see how they're able to handle things versus maybe some of the first time head coaches and just slowly but surely getting an identity of these teams. Houston, just to go back to our earlier point and how dominant they have been to this point in the season, like they're one of those teams that, where every other group started week one looking just a slightly disjointed, like they needed to build some chemistry. Houston from day one has looked like a cohesive unit. And they drafted players very specific to what they wanted to do. They drafted players that A.J. Smith, their offensive coordinator, already knew could work in their system. He had worked with Brandon Silvers previously. And we're seeing them very much so pick up where they left off and got kind of a head start on everybody else. And so little tidbits like that, that we've started to learn over the first few weeks. Stormy, before we, we let you go, uh, we are in the midst of March madness and it has been maddening, right? Like Princeton pulling the upset earlier today. Um, you know, Furman, it, it's just, it's, it's been, a, it's been a wild um, first day with that being said, can't let you go without getting your final four and who you think is going to win. Uh, March Madness this season. Yes, and I want to say I was on Furman plus the five and a half, and I had a small money line play on the Paladins, and I am all about Team Purple, baby. I am so excited, although now I hope (laughs) they lose to San Diego State moving forward because I am an Aztec for life, and all of my SDSU bets were a sweat today, but they came through. My, um, My final four is Alabama, Marquette, Texas, and Gonzaga, and I have Alabama winning it all. Um, and it's funny because Anita, I totally went against myself when 
the past month or so, all I've been talking about is all of the off-court distractions for Alabama with everything with Brandon Miller and seeing that that would take a toll in the press conferences and all of this stuff, yet they have just continued to deliver night in and night out. I think their best is better than anybody else's best. They have the best player in the country, and it's just it's really, really hard to bet against them at this point. So I have Alabama winning it all, but there's more parity in college basketball than ever before this season. So you can't make fun of anybody's bracket, that's for sure. It's interesting. I have Tennessee. I have Gonzaga. I have Houston. I have Houston winning it all. And, and 50-50 in regard to the variety of brackets um, that I have submitted with a variety of pools that I am participating in. Um, I have some with Alabama and some with Creighton upsetting Alabama. So, uh, so very similar, you know, not, 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 you know, not exactly, but I think you and I were on the same wavelength. So that's great. Stormy, thank you so much for joining us as always. Really do appreciate your time uh, and enjoy this weekend. Thank you for having me. You're awesome and good luck with your bet. You got it. You got it. Um, that concludes our show tonight. Uh, really excited about it. We've got you locked and loaded. XFL, right? A little NBA with Eric Moody earlier. Lee Sterling, Fat Jack, professional handicapper. Jimmy Patsos, David Woods, getting you ready for March Madness. I know, a March Madness heavy show, but w- w- this is it, man. This is it today, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, next week. And hopefully we are feeding you some winners, right? I want to thank Tyler and Brian, our producers tonight. Um, So everybody, good luck this weekend. Enjoy March Madness. And we'll see you next week right here on 710 ESPN Radio.